Sean Astin, flesh-eating viruses, and weird bloody sex stuff. We are talking about Cabin Fever, Patient Zero, and it was horrifying. To So Horrified, the show where we talk about scary movies that are horrifying for all the wrong reasons. We're your hosts, Sadie. And Matt. And this week we're talking about Cabin Fever Patient Zero. Yeah. But before we get into that, let's start with our something good. Something good. So what is something good that you saw this week? Um, We've been slowly exposing our daughter to the... Uh, Less inappropriate episodes of Bob's Burgers, and I've been enjoying going through that because I love that show, and I love that she loves it, and so we try to find ones where they don't curse as much or talk about things that are inappropriate for a small child. Well, and they're a very, like, it's not like The Simpsons or Family Guy where they hate each other, and they're, like, mean to each other. I mean, even The the Simpsons have their loving moments, but it's mostly they're mean to each other. I mean, he chokes his son. (laughs) So that is not a positive. That's child abuse, no matter how you shake it. But Bob's Burgers, you know, even if they aren't doing it in a good way, their heart is always in the right place that they're looking out for each other, and they love each other, and that's a good positive thing. That's very wholesome. Yeah. What about you? Something good. Um... Now that you said that, I've forgotten everything I've watched this week. Awesome. So I probably should start planning that ahead of time of thinking about that. (laughs) (laughs) Pre-planning is not our strongest suit as a married couple. We both have ADD. Let's just... Slightly (laughs) impulsive, but we're good at following through when we make a decision. Well, okay. So the only thing I can think of that we've watched this week, just because my mind is now drawing a blank, is... um, 47 meters down, uh, uncaged. I feel that that falls into the realm almost of like, so bad it's good. But it actually, I mean, even almost to the line that it's kind of decent because it had some surprises. I think it was slightly too good for our purposes here. Oh, yeah. But- it's, I mean, well, it's that's not what I go mean. down in, in history as, you know, right. a great movie or anything. There's but that's been what I'm... precisely one good scary shark movie right. <laughs> and like 50 others that are trying to recreate that magic hey. to hey. varying levels of success. I love shark movies. <laughs> but that's what I mean, is that it was like a little beyond our scale of one to five, but not... Um, not anywhere in like anyone's top 10 movies or no, like things you're going to remember or it, care about. It wasn't bad. I sat there and watched the whole thing with you. And yeah. we definitely thought we knew where it was going a couple of times and then didn't. So yeah. And that's what that's I like when movies do that. They actually surprise me. And I mean, we still were pretty much right about who survives in the end, but we were surprised along the way of how, how to get there. there. Yeah. Yeah. It did not follow the exact formula we thought it would. All right, well, now that we've cleansed our palate with good things, let's move on to... Bad things. Bad things, like (laughs) Cabin Fever, Patient Zero. Uh, This movie came out in 2014 and has been bad for six years, apparently. (laughs) Um, The synopsis is, when a group of friends enjoying a bachelor cruise in the Caribbean stumble upon a research facility on a remote island, a deadly virus is unleashed. The group must find a way to survive before the flesh-eating virus consumes them all. And let me preface this with, like, again, our normal blanket spoiler alert. We will spoil this for you. But 
Also, I love Sean Astin. I think that he is just like a little national treasure. And I look at his face and I see yes. the kid from Goonies. Yeah. I this, see Samwise. This movie I see... is starring Sean Astin, by the way. This isn't just a tangent of Right. No, I really wanted to talk to you guys about Sean Astin. But the like, movie can wait. He's, he's in this. And that is the only thing that gave me hope that maybe this would be a little. And I mean, I will be honest. He is the best part of it. I love him. Right, Absolutely. And yeah. his just adorable little squishy baby face, even though he's like 50 years old, he still has a, an adorable little baby yeah. face. If the entire movie was about him in that research <laughs> facility and they didn't ever go to the bachelor party people or anything like right. that. Right. It probably would have been, been a lot better. better. I could have done without the entire group of people. Yeah. Who I didn't care about. Island. At all. Don't care if any of you survive. No. no. Well, and I'll say, so to start, one of the first things I noticed, I don't know if you noticed, that there were four little opening, like, title card production company things. Mm-hmm. And my thought was, that's always the sign of a good movie yeah. when you have to sit through four of these. Yeah. <laughs> 90 seconds of logos is the best way to start a movie. Right. Exactly. It's And then, okay, and then the beginning part, this slow-mo thing went on way too long, but my favorite part of it is coming up. We have the movie running on our laptop, in case you were wondering what I'm talking about. But they do a slow motion thing where they're taking the pants off of Sean Astin, and he's just like screaming and not in his little tidy whities And it's just, I oh, here it comes. And it's just, I don't know why that made me laugh so hard, which seems kind of mean, because I'm sure that's a traumatizing thing. Of You're like, get off of me, you're touching me and taking my clothing. But because it's done in this slow motion thing at the beginning, it's just so awkward and weird. Yeah. <laughs> so the premise, basically, of the movie is that there's an island. I guess it's a prequel to the, the original It Cabin is Fever. supposed to be a prequel. And I'll tell you, I did not know that until I looked it up afterward. I assumed it was a prequel with being yeah. Patient Zero. Right. But they, it's yet again three of our awful movies in a row that do not give you the limitations of where they are in time. Yeah. Or, like, space. But, I mean, like, since the other cabin fevers don't exist in some totally weird alternate reality, you know. Right. I assume and this is in our reality. But- and I also feel like there's a certain point where they're on the island and they're trying to get phone service. And they all have, like, 2014 phones, even though this movie is supposed to be a prequel to something that happened, I don't know, when the original cabin fever came out. Like, 2004 or something like that. I think that. it was 2000. I feel like it was 2001. I had looked it up. But it is, it's supposed to be a prequel. And I'll tell you, the. but the other thing that tripped me up on it is that in the opening, not the opening scene, but the first scene where we see the Bachelor guys, where it's the guy who's supposed to be getting married. I don't know any of their character names. Because again, I just could not, I did not care about them at all. I wrote them all down so I could stop forgetting them. Well, um, Marcus is the main guy. Marcus. Okay. Who, I was going to say glasses guy. One of our favorite games is to play like, who is this person a mishmash of? Like what famous <laughs> people? And so for Marcus, our like main hero guy, I said that he looked like a mixture of John Krasinski and Andy Dick. <laughs> 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 he's got the big goofy blonde curls. Yeah. But he's got a very like ovular John Krasinski yeah. face. And he ain't got nothing glasses, on John like Krasinski, Andy Dick. okay. But <laughs> Andy Dick, I definitely see. I'm, yeah, I think he got more, more Andy Dick. More from his mom, Andy Dick, than With he did from his dad, frame, John Krasinski. The body, like long, slender body of early office, you know, the office John Krasinski, Before not all jacked. Not quiet place John Krasinski. Or, yeah, <laughs> right. Jack Ryan. But in the first scene where they meet up and they, 
I swear, they are the way they are dressed, they look like Andrew McCarthy and um oh my gosh, now I can't Silver. Um oh my God, why can't I think of his first name? But the guys from Weekend at Bernie's. Right. That's what I saw. Jonathan that. Silverman? Yes, Jonathan Silver. Okay, I kept wanting to say John Silverman, which is not far off. Um anyway, I used to love that movie. And that's what I thought of. When they first appeared, I was like, are they supposed to be paying homage <laughs> to them? Is that how this virus started? This... By carrying a dead body around and trying to <laughs> pass it off as a real thing? <laughs> Super irresponsible. <laughs> but I didn't think they were going to go with the theme of it, but I thought maybe they were paying homage to a classic like 80s. But 80s would have been way too early, I would think, right. for Cab- unless... That virus had just been around for so long, and years no to one to the mainland. somehow, yeah, it took forever. No, so so Sean Astin is being held in this research facility because I guess the virus has started, but he's the only person so far that doesn't that's been exposed but not showing symptoms. Right, so like everyone else has died. Reverse engineer a cure out of his blood, I guess, or figure out what it is about him that's stopping the virus and if you don't know if you haven't seen the original cabin fever or even the remake of the original i know i have and i remember precisely zero percent of it but there he is in that outfit just it yeah. to me it was very andrew mccarthy in that movie he, he does look very. And his yeah. behavior is actually quite similar to that character too but if you haven't seen it the virus is a flesh-eating virus where it was apparently um inspired by eli roth once when he was 19, he was like working in a horse thing and he got this kind of skin virus that he went to scratch his cheek and his skin started to come off into his Ugh. fingernails. And he said he didn't feel it or anything. And so that was the idea behind this That's virus. More horrifying than anything in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good horrifying. It definitely did, obviously didn't spread to take right. his whole body because he's still alive and lived to make these, well, make the first movie i don't think he had the first movie and the remake i think are the only ones he yeah, touched but a producer on all of them but i don't think he had much creative input on this yeah actually i don't know that his name's even attached to this but it might not be i don't know he might own the the rights to the franchise or something i don't he, think he I don't does know. that was in one of the art the things i read yeah in this scene and okay i thought this was the wedding I think it's a rehearsal dinner, but I assumed this was the wedding. I oh, mean, she's... and that this was the honeymoon that they were going on without No, I thought they were supposed to be going on a honeymoon, and instead his friends were like, come on, let's have a bachelor party. And oh. she's like, okay. And I was like, <laughs> excuse me, yeah. no. Would, yeah, not, not advisable. So I want to talk for a second about how, and I, I'd stop paying attention to whether this happens the whole movie or not, but for the first few minutes, at least, every shot is these weird Dutch angle yeah. type shots where it's not, the horizon's all weird. Yeah. And every single shot, and it's off-putting. It's like how you film it when people are have been drugged or something, that everything's a little off-kilter, but I bet they're just at a regular bachelor a party. weird creative choice done to give the audience an uneasy feeling without, while it's still a normal... Yeah. Like, it's it's normal <laughs> stuff that's happening, nothing more, creepy. More physically queasy than, like, emotionally <laughs> right. uneasy, but mission accomplished? <laughs> right. Like, there's some, I guess... Un- are they... No, they're not on. That's a dock. Okay. It looked like they were on a boat for a second. I was like, that's a huge boat. But yeah. no, I forgot. 
Oh my gosh, I have the hiccups. This is going to be a fun episode. But yeah, and here's the the soon-to-be bride and family that we never see again. And we don't really hear about much again. No, they're never mentioned again. The The main guy, he's supposed to be getting married, and this is his bachelor party. And they, they have this weird romantic subplot with the girl that's going with them, who is his brother's girlfriend, I guess. Who he apparently hooked up with when they were in high school or something. Yeah, and that becomes the weird, like, you know... Two thirds of the way through the movie, when they get mad at each other and separate, that was the thing that caused it, I guess. But I, I don't know. It seems like all you're doing is making your main character kind of unlikable for keeping the secret the whole time, and then making your female lead unlikable because she's hitting on him the whole time while she's dating his brother. I got the impression that we're not supposed to like anybody in this movie. That there's no one you're supposed to root for. Well, and that was kind of my takeaway too. Like I think. Out of all of them, the one you're supposed to like the most is Glasses Guy. Marcus. Marcus. I but think I don't he, like him. But he's boring and lame. That's what I was gonna say. Is he's very boring. He's dull. He doesn't have any he personality. Has zero personality. I think he gets semi interesting towards the end, but that's about it. He, <laughs> you would have to be likable and interesting the whole time for yeah. me to root for you and yeah, care I'm not about you. Slog around for an hour and forty. I minutes mean, if anything, I liked cool. his Andrew McCarthy friend more because yeah. he at least, I mean, he was obviously playing an asshole, but like he had personality. He was, he, you know, made some jokes and and stuff yeah. like that. And but he is like the stoner kid, so you know he's gonna die. Right. As soon as he shows up on screen and is like, hey, man, you're like, oh, he's going to get Right. Killed. Well, and and to illustrate how boring Marcus is, they give him a obvious gag gift on the boat of this giant black dildo. I mean. <laughs> Arm sized. Like, yeah. Bigger than my arms. <laughs> like, um, it's huge and he looks at them and just earnestly is like i can take care of my girl and it's like i'm sorry what planet are you from? how do you not get that this is a gag gift in what world would they be giving you this sincerely in in front of all your friends and being like hey we heard you don't know how to pleasure your girlfriend at all it's really comically oversized thing to do it for you right and so that just illustrates to me how just dull this guy is yeah he's not funny or like cool or charming or anything Mm -mm. um he doesn't seem to i mean he is somewhat fond of his bride-to-be i guess but they don't really explore their relationship so you don't Mm -mm. care if he makes it out to to see her ever again and yeah he just kind of exists and i don't understand why we're supposed to right he has like zero personality I mean, out of all of them, he has the least personality. Right. The other personalities aren't likable personalities. Right. They're but they all... at least have personalities. Yeah. Everybody else is very much a stereotype type character. Like right. Like the stoner kid, the jock guy, the seductress girl. Right. But they're, even being one dimensional, are more interesting than his zero dimensional <laughs> character. Yes. Yes. And like, and so the way they set this up is that for most of the movie, you have kind of almost like two different movies are going on. Yes. You've got the bachelor party on the beach, and then you've got in this fortress lab, you have Sean Astin and these scientists that are talking to him and trying to find out how he is 
a carrier for this virus, but didn't, you know, hasn't been affected. So like he's the key to creating a vaccine or a cure. Right. And within these scientists, you have one lady who she was apparently in Orange is the New Black and she She's like I liked her. I liked that accent. actress. Yeah. Yeah. Like I liked her. Then there's the 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 blonde one who's a supermodel and they tried to be like, we're gonna make her look smart by putting on these really big oversized glasses that she <laughs> obviously doesn't have a prescription for, but she's still gonna be in very low cut tops. Yeah. And wear stilettos in the lab. And not actually seem to do anything in the lab. No. Um, yeah. And so they, the people in the lab are working on Sean Astin as he slowly goes insane from basically being held prisoner and experimented on. Um, and at one point he lashes out and like infects one of the people that comes to check mm-hmm. on him in a pretty gruesome scene. Yeah, but yeah, these two movies are going on simultaneously and not really interacting at all. And it takes almost the entire movie for yeah, them to Yeah, it's at come least together. like two thirds, if not like three quarters of the movie. Yeah. I have a note in my thing that says we're 52 minutes in and our stories have not collided yet. Yeah, and I kept wondering for the longest time of like, are they going to collide or is this just yeah, they just couldn't decide stories? which movie they wanted to make. So they yeah. did both. Yeah, that's really what it feels like, is they had two ideas for what to do with this sequel, prequel thing, and they were just like, fuck it, do them both. Right, right. It didn't work. No, it didn't. And, like, Sean Astin, I felt for him the most, but the main reason I felt for him is because he's Sean Astin. Right. And, and you know, even in a bad movie with bad actors, he's still a better actor than pretty much all the other people put together right and you do feel bad because they talk about his son having died and all this you know and they bring up his wife who then you later find out had died yeah Sorry. he's the only one that's given anything interesting to do and he does it but then there's 10 other characters in this movie that don't have anything interesting to do so they don't and that's i think what weighs it down I'll, yeah i think there's a lot that weighs it down i'm certain that sean Aston <laughs> is listening to this and i want him to know that we think he's amazing <laughs> That is important. That is important Did for us to get out there. Did you just look behind you like you was- <laughs> no. And here he is. I thought I heard the door opening. I thought my daughter was Aston? coming in. No, that would have been exciting, though. He's going to answer all your Goonies but questions. But if you are out there listening, we do love you. It's okay. We appreciate your work in this. We do. We appreciate all your work. Even this does not besmirch your name in our eyes. <laughs> you're still Rudy. <laughs> yes, you're still Rudy. But yeah, the um, okay, the Sean Aston thing threw me. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> it's so gruesome. Yeah, they spend a lot of effort on these like practical bloody effects when people's limbs start deteriorating and their skin starts falling off. And I feel that's where the majority of the budget. Went is in these effects. Sean Astin and those bloody (laughs) effects. Getting Sean Astin and then the bloody effects. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. Nothing was spent on the script. Nothing was spent on the other actors. Yeah, and it's, I will say that I was annoyed that it took so long for some of our questions to be answered. But in the end, 
you have to like, if you decide to watch this and haven't watched it, or if you did watch this, um, go back and watch the end credits because that actually they show little bits and scenes that if you keep watching, it explains some of the questions I had. It does not answer all of my questions. No. But it does answer some of the questions about like <laughs> how the virus spread in the lab, how how he got this plot going. So yeah, when the two, sto- the two stories actually connect to each other is when stuff actually starts happening, I feel like. Although- yeah, it definitely gets more intriguing once the stories start kind of connecting. Yeah. Like before that happens, what like his brother and the girl who's like, you know, putting them in this love triangle go out scuba diving, not scuba, snorkeling. Just yeah. kidding. Snorkeling. And they come across all these like dead fish bodies is all I saw. And they were there like, were it's people bodies. Okay. Th- that's what they said. And I was like, I just saw the fish bones and that doesn't seem unusual for <laughs> there the ocean. Dead bodies in there. Okay. Um, they come back and then a few hours later they start, you know, showing, no, I mean, almost immediately they start getting like a rash and yeah. it starts itching. And then, yeah, they start, they start having issues and skin falling off. So the, the Marcus glasses guy and um, his uh, his stoner buddy head out to try to find because th- they've got these little radios that they yeah. use to talk to each other. And the it phones don't work. They some, established that. Yes. And it somehow picks up a signal from like a radio frequency from the lab or whatever. Yeah. And so they start going to try to find somebody. Yeah. So Marcus and Dobbs, the stoner kid. Go try to find this lab to see if they can get some help. Meanwhile, back at the camp is the one scene that all the all the reviews and everybody online that was had anything to say about this movie talked about one specific scene where the uh, what was his name Josh the jockey brother guy and his girlfriend are back at the camp because they've been infected and they're kind of like trying to just chill. Josh decides chill. it's a good idea to just like dive straight down on his girlfriend while she's she, he knows that she's sick. Yes, okay, thank you. That was my thought the first time though is not even like spreading germs of just a dude, she's sick and yeah, not she feeling well. she doesn't I want you right now because she's right. been exposed to a mystery virus on an island where there's no doctors. It's like in scenes where women are sad and crying, so guys come over and just start making out with them. It's like, she's crying yeah, right now. She she's not feeling sexual or sexy. Yeah. Like. So he's down there and then pulls back and his whole face is oh just God. covered in blood because I guess... And like chunks of skin, it looked stuff. like. Yeah, it was... Pretty fucking disgusting. And oh my God, it was so gross. That's the one scene that everybody talks about in every review that I read of this movie and everything like that. They don't talk about the girl fight. That is (laughs) the the other one. The decomposing girl fight. Towards the end, uh, the girlfriend, God, I can't remember her name, Penny, uh, and one of the doctor's assistants get into a fight while, while they're both zombie infected. I call them zombies because they're decomposing, but they're... Well, they acted like zombies once... The ones in the lab acted like zombies. Yeah. That they, really irked me. I was yeah. like, so they just suddenly became zombies now? I did have a little trouble understanding what this virus does to people and how long it takes to do it to people. Yeah, it's very... They don't really define it well. Like, I I was mainly drawing knowledge from the first movie as to what oh, okay. the original, as to yeah. what they... 
it does to the body or whatever, but it's still, it's very loosely defined. And the people at the lab seem to be completely differently affected because they start acting like zombies. Right. They just are going around like, oh. Yeah, there's a lot of these weird zombie men just trapped in the bunker. Well, they're the scientists that, so uh, when they bring in like patient zero, when they bring in Sean Astin and he infects that one guy, right? They lock those two in the containment thing and they, it set off a containment thing for the whole like lab or whatever. So all the workers and scientists and employees, they got put into this like vault, Basically. Okay. Um, and that, so when they go in, I don't know why it had this tiny little hallway and it was filled with water. Because <laughs> it's and scarier. bloody water and had a zombie jumping out of it because he can breathe underwater, I guess. Yeah, so his were, head was underwater the whole yeah, time. Yeah, the guys that they run into later are definitely <laughs> zombies. so weird. Because they're, they have no, you know... Most of the people in the movie that get infected, they know that they're infected and they freak out because stuff's falling off right. of them. But yeah, these guys were just... Right. And they were and, trying to attack these kids for some yeah, reason. eat them, I guess. I don't know like, yeah. what their end game was when they caught the kids, but they sure were chasing them. Right. It was... Mm, yeah. So, can we take a minute and see if we can figure out who these people are that are running this facility? Because I couldn't figure out if it was like a government run thing or if it was like some company or if it was just this dude that made the like i couldn't fit it one of the things said cpec on it like one of their walls cpec i wrote that down but i i don't know if these are just yeah like rogue nutcases or if they're aligned with somebody they never really explain who they are or why they're there i mean my guess and assumption was that it's supposed to be like a kind of CDC type thing, but they were trying to keep it quiet what they were doing with patient zero because that guy, maybe they were a private facility because they kept talking about that guy was wanting to create a vaccine and that like it would be worth like billions. Right. And then he could make all this money. And so pharmaceutical company or something, I guess. Yeah. Something like that. I don't understand. They're given a lot of leeway that I don't think a lot of companies would let employees do. Just like, yeah, you can kidnap this guy and like tell him. Well, and I think they were doing that secretly. Like he knew his son was dead because he died in his arms. But like, I think they were doing it secretly, and because they were operating on this isolated, supposed to be deserted island, right? It made it a little easier for them to stay under the radar okay. in that way. I, I can think. buy that. I can yeah. Buy that. What I cannot buy is after the aforementioned dirty sex scene where the guy gets blood all over his face. Uh-huh. He now knows that that his girlfriend is sick with something that's causing her skin to fall off, uh-huh. and he tries to help her up off the ground. <laughs> By the hand. He tries to take her by the arms and pick her up, and her skin rips from her arms like it turns into like Play Doh looking. Yeah, yeah, silly putty. That's a good and, one. You know, I I love you very much, baby. And I will tell you that if if you were sick with something, mm-hmm. and even if you weren't, if I started to pick you up off the ground and your skin started to come off, I'm going to stop right. doing it. He kept he just pulling, keeps pulling and until just rips, it rips off. them off like sleeves. Yeah. Well, and even before that, like, he is just, he is not good at picking up signals of any kind or boundaries of any kind. Because even before that, when they had the, you know, him trying to perform orally on her and gets blood and skin all over himself, she starts, 
Like at first she's moaning a little and then she starts like lets out a blood curdling scream. Yeah, it was that guttural. The it was brother and the stoner pain. friend could hear from far away. Right. In no way was a pleasure scream. But the guy's still like, Yeah, yeah you like that? And it's like, No. <laughs> That's how I make the ladies like, scream. I just feel bad for her in all other bedroom situations with yeah. him. Like, oh. it could not be pleasant. It makes sense why she was after Marcus <laughs> the whole time. That's because, why, because he has always mistaken yeah. those screams. He constantly hurts me and just keeps going. <laughs> Thinks it's great. Thinks I love... There's one of the zombie guys. Yeah, we skipped so to the... The zombie guys in the movie have guns, but they're clearly like... Their brains are not all there. They're moaning right. and like can't make words, but they have guns. Some are security guards. Right. Like there's one that's definitely a security guard. And he is has a gun out and he's like chasing them around for a long time, acting like a zombie. And at the end, right before he tries to shoot one of them. Oh, yeah. He does he talk. He says something. I can't remember what it is, but it was like. Something dumb. Something really. Yeah. Like. It's, little and small. And I was like, well, why would you take that long? He says to something say about, that? like, we have to contain it. We can't let it that's spread. That's right. Some, that's what it some was. Some boring stuff like that. And then kills himself, doesn't he? Or does he try to kill? The, I can't remember. I blocked most of this out of my head. I can't remember if he shoots himself, the, the zombie no, security guard. No, he tries to shoot the guy. <laughs> he tries to shoot the guy because I guess now that they've been in there, he knows he he's going to be contaminated right. and so they can't let him get out. And so he tries to shoot the guy and his arm yes. snaps at the yes, wrist. I it did. snaps. The gun and hand fly through the air and, and then go through his through eye. Yes. And so that's I how he dies. now remember this vividly because I did write that down. <laughs> it was... Yeah, the gun recoil rips the gun out of his hand, rips yes. his hand off of his body and sends them both into his eyeball. His own eyeball. And, and that's, that's how he not, dies. That's not how anything works. Right. I wrote down that that might have been the dumbest kill I've ever seen in a movie. In terms of like how little sense it made. Yes. And how unsatisfying it was. <laughs> Usually if there's something big and crazy, you're like, yeah, that was nuts. But this is just like, Ugh, what the fuck? Right. It just seemed so out of left field. And for a character that, yeah, we've seen for like five minutes and appeared to be a zombie this whole time. And when they first get to the lab, I did write down that uh, after I wrote, gross, 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 that wasn't necessary. Oh, God. (laughs) Pretty sure I know which scene that was about. You like, you (laughs) write your thoughts into your notes a lot more than I do. It helps me remember as I'm thinking things. But otherwise, they're boring notes. But (laughs) when they first get into, like, the lab, they see blood or... It, they think it's like blood on these controls and stuff. And the one guy's like, don't touch it. And my thought was, why would anyone's instinct be to touch it? Yeah. Why would your, why would anyone's instinct? I mean, I guess we did just see that, watch that scene. We were re- rewatching Brooklyn Nine-Nine. They're in the hospital and there's a smudge on the yeah. H and Something Hitchcock to just it. immediately touches it and then tastes it. Yeah. So I guess you have people like yeah, those out there. It. But yeah. But it, it did make me laugh out loud because I was like, of all the stupid things to say. Right. What? Oh, well, and the guy actually says it. Like, he says, don't touch that. And the guy who the only like some 
semi-likable, relatable character, he goes, why the fuck would I touch it? Yeah. And I laughed so hard yeah. because I was like, thank you. That's actually a relatable reaction. <laughs> yeah, thank you for acting how a normal person would react in some situation like this. Right, exactly. Yeah, I just love that part because it's very honest. And apparently at some point, but I guess it's not important to say, I put down the quote, I missed all the important parts, which I found funny. Probably because I felt I didn't know where the important parts were yet. (laughs) There were no important parts. Right. (laughs) Like, hmm, nothing so far has seemed that much of importance. So I don't know. Well, and there's a lot of confusion for me in here about the virus itself. Like I said, like, I don't know exactly because some of these people, apparently their insides are just pudding. Like they're super soft and easy to to dismantle like parts including of their, body. their bones yeah it's not just the skin in this because well, the josh guy the jock brother at the end one of the doctor girls like the doctor lab assistants hits him in the face with a stick and his whole face just, just falls off in. his entire <laughs> face is like it was just a stick she found on the ground while they were running around this island and apparently it's enough to just decimate a man's entire right. face and it's that was one of the things that got me too is that It didn't seem to just, from what I remember, and it has been many years since I've watched Cabin Fever, the original one, but I felt like it was mainly like a skin thing, that it was mainly affecting the skin. I know that there's that like famous scene of her trying to shave her leg and the like skin all comes off. That was in the original? I believe so. Okay. I was like, I didn't remember that. (laughs) Oh, no, that was not in this one. I'm pretty sure that was in the original. Um, That it's mostly just affecting. The skin, but in this one, it seems that it's like affecting the skin, but then also their bones get really, really soft. Yeah, like they're like able ridiculously to just rip soft. limbs off at different points. Yeah, and multiple yeah, times that happens. Yeah, no. But the bones are still sturdy enough to keep them walking around and support them like a bone normally yes, would. Yes, but if you, you hit one of them it. in the face with a giant dildo, it will smush her skull. Yes. It will turn it that, into a bowl of jelly. That does happen. <laughs> like... That's what happens at the end of the decomposing girl fight. Yeah, should we take a moment to talk about that weird decomposing girl fight? Yes, let's do it. A lot of people seemed very into that. Like that was one of the things praised in the few like decent reviews we could find. Were like, well, that fight at the end between the two girls, and I, I don't know. I felt like it was not to kink shame anybody, but if your kink is like decomposing girls fighting and ripping their skin off, you're it's- kind of a low life creep. Right, because that tells me that you hate women and enjoy just seeing them in pain. That's what I get from that. (laughs) And you might also be thinking, hey, they're fighting. They're not supposed to be, like, arousing anybody. But there's a part where the blonde one, when they're fighting, like, lets her hair down with, like, a flourish, (laughs) like a librarian Mm -hmm. that everybody suddenly realized was hot, and then goes back into fighting and ripping skin off. And it's like, oh, they're they're trying to titillate me, and it is not working. (laughs) At all. I will say I found it an interesting twist on the normal girl fight. But the idea that, I mean, I don't personally understand what's sexual or attractive about girls fighting anyway. But I don't really like fighting. I prefer peace (laughs) and happiness and joy. You know what's sexy is peace. (laughs) (laughs) People getting along really just like... (laughs) That's my whistle. That churns my butter. Yeah. <laughs> Another wholesome thing that you can say. But, but 
I especially don't understand how anyone would be aroused by, yes, their skin is literally falling off. And as they're fighting, they're ripping, like, each other's skin off more. And they're, like, pulling chunks of hair out. And it just... Well, and I think part of it... I don't know. ...is (laughs) in my my research of looking up reviews for this movie, I found some things out about the director, uh, Kare Andrews, who is... One of his previous directing credits was in that movie, The ABCs of Death, mm-hmm. where it's like little vignettes of each thing. And he did the V It was on one, Netflix for a while. And it was like V for vaginas, I think <laughs> is what it was. And it was about like a, a evil vagina killing people. And then he apparently wrote some Spider-Man comics where Spider-Man gave Mary Jane cancer through radioactive spider semen. <laughs> and so this guy has some strange, like, horror sexual hang-ups yeah. that seem to make their way into whatever kind of work he's doing at the time. And yeah. I'm not entirely sure I want to go on that ride with him, ever. Yeah. Especially, like, leave Spider-Man out of your weird sexual thing. Right. He never did anything to anybody to right. deserve that. Spidey is better than that. Come on. Yeah. Making him kill MJ like that. <laughs> He's a scientist. If he had deadly fluids coming from his body. He, he would have figured know. it out. He would have stopped, and he would have gotten MJ some, like, radiation treatment right. or whatever. He developed, like, a condom out of web fluid (laughs) right spider-man is better than that people he is better than that and i don't care if it's your toby Maguire spider-man or andrew garfield or tom holland all of them better than but especially tom holland because he's the little baby yeah he's a little young innocent guy he hasn't even done that with mary jane (laughs) (laughs) we haven't even met mj yet on these in these movies did we yeah, the Zendaya girl is MJ in these. I they thought she was... Oh, no. No, I thought she was Gwen her name's Stacy. Not, her name's not Mary Jane, but they call her MJ for some reason. She has some other name. It it was Gwen Stacy who was in the Andrew Garfield ones. Okay, sorry. Yeah. We're off on a Spider-Man tangent. <laughs> we, we should make a second podcast about... Just about Spider-Man. Comic book movies. No, I was oh. going to say, like, the Marvel Universe, because we like those. Yeah, nobody's talked about those yet. No, I think that's an untapped market. Have you guys heard of these movies they make out of these comic books? They're pretty good. They're pretty good. And weirdly, they've been making them for like 10 years or so. They look expensive. I never hear anybody talk about them. (laughs) Anyway, now we can move on from the Matt making fun of me part of our (laughs) segment. Should we move on to the ending twist? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I was kind of confused by part of the twist ending. So tell me. You explain it first. The way it seems is whoever has survived up to the last like 10 minutes of the movie, which is Marcus, the seductress Penny girl, um, Sean Astin, the doctor, and one of his assistants, I think. I don't know. A handful of them make it to the end. And then Sean Astin has a gun. Well, no, the very end, because seductress girl and the high heel stiletto um, lab assistant killed each Oh, no, they, they didn't kill each other. I think one of them wins. Yeah. And tries to escape. I don't... I don't remember what... Because ha- I feel like on the boat at the end... Now I don't remember. Well, long story short, the only one that makes it off the island is Sean Astin. Because it turns right. out that he is turned evil. Either from the virus or just from his horrible mistreatment and being kept away from his family and kept prisoner. But he got a gun from somewhere. I mm-hmm. guess 
I don't know. There's been a couple guns in the movie, and he picked one. That's up. one of the scenes they do show with the um, in the credits. Oh, one of the little things the they guns? show where he got the gu- I can't remember where he got it, but they okay. do show that. Because, yeah, when he sh- I was like, where the fuck did that guy get a gun? Because they also show how the virus spread in the building after they were quarantined. Remember the mouse that it yes, bothered yes. me at the very beginning. Stiletto's um, blonde lady was holding a mouse and then just drops it. And I was like, what kind of scientist <laughs> does that? And it's just I'm like, oh, I dropped it. Oh, well, I was like, I'm sorry. If that was one of your like lab mice, I feel you would have more inclination to go find Especially it and not just be like, oh, well. Working with highly infectious right. diseases. And so Sean Aston gets his hands on that and rubs his blood all over it and then releases it and it goes into like the vents or whatever. Right. And, and it starts infecting everybody. That's how, right. And so, yeah, somehow he gets a gun, but I don't remember. Yeah, so he gets a gun, he kills everybody that's left and takes the boat, I guess, to just go infect the world. He has a crazed look in his eye like he's going to go... See, Just I was thinking some shit and I was thinking he was wanting to go disappear and that he was trying not so much that he had turned totally evil, but that and he part of how he tried to kill off or succeed. We don't actually see them die, but we assume they're going to die because they're on a boat where he's like he's shot out like the engine, stuff like that. It won't work. But he gave them bottles of water. And somehow they yeah, he, didn't notice that there was blood floating in yeah, it the, until the very kind of pink. Right. Until he says something, they look and they're like, oh, yeah, that's a big chunk yeah, of blood at the right, bottom of my right. water so, yeah, bottle. He did get off the island with the three of them. Yeah. Right. And then the two of them. they got poisoned right. in that way. And so he locks them in like the lower portion of the boat to die. Assume I'm assuming. Yeah. He the leaves them on that one and goes off on like. Oh, a little dingy. Yeah. On his own. And I think that it was. I guess just because I love Sean Aston, I think that his intentions had to be somewhat pure and that he wanted to disappear. And he knew that anyone who had been on that island with him would be able to tell the story and say how he's patient zero of this illness or whatever. But because it seemed like, yeah, I mean, we don't know how it spread. I, I went the other way with it. I thought that he had just lost all his faith in humanity and was like, fuck it, I'm going to spread this virus to everybody because that's what he'd been doing. With the rat and with, you know, biting the guy Well, and but he else. was doing that to escape because he was yeah. being held against his will by these people True. because because of his natural immunity. And so I feel like he was he had nothing to live for anymore anyway. But he, I think, wanted to go disappear. And I think somehow he did end up bringing it. To the States, obviously, because that's how we got cabin fever where they're in the middle right. of the woods and it's contaminated a, a lake water or whatever, or however it yes. happened. If his plan was to isolate, he done goofed because yeah. it spread. Right, right. So in that way, that security guard officer was correct that yeah. we do need to contain it as all of us exp- in the world experiencing coronavirus see the importance of containment. Not that we should... People should be taken hostage because, like, oh, they absolutely I am should. not. <laughs> Stop it! We're gonna get sued. If you know somebody that's coughing, get a gun and get to the no! house immediately. <laughs> oh my goodness! I am going to gag you. Like, no, sir. We someone is gonna take that seriously and do it, and we'll get sued anyway. <laughs> come, come, collect all of our very little money that we have. <laughs> 
If you can't tell, we sometimes take very different philosophical approaches on things. (laughs) (laughs) What makes us such a great pair. Exactly. I mean, again, demonstrated by my belief that Sean Astin just wants to disappear and not hurt anybody in your belief that he hates humanity and wants everyone to die. He had a hateful rage <laughs> in his eye when he was driving that boat. <clears throat> he looked like he was on a mission of some sort and not to just disappear. See, I felt his mission was to get away and that he didn't understand. Like he, I feel, was under the belief that he spread it through his blood and that because that's how he was using it, right? And so he's like, as long as I don't bleed it on, on anybody, it's okay. And I feel that that would prove to be incorrect. Well, you're allowed to be wrong. It's okay. (laughs) (laughs) You hear how he talks to me? (laughs) (laughs) All right. So now we are moving on to best and worst, where we give the best and worst reviews of these movies out there in the world. And every week we like to be a little like uh, the hosts of the great British baking show and switch off who who gets the joy and displeasure of reading the best or worst each week. I'm not, honestly when we're talking about bad movies, I'm not sure which is the better end. Yeah, I'm but not this sure who wins <laughs> in that scenario, but But this week we trade off either way. I'm going to do the best. So these are the best reviews we can find. So to start, oh um I just want to say before we start, even the good ones that I could find were very trepidatious and like it's Fine. Like <laughs> it's okay. I couldn't find very many glowing reviews. Right. There were some that were like, it's better than the last one. Which I haven't seen. I, have I haven't seen either. Cabin Fever 2. Okay. So the Rotten Tomatoes overall score is 24% with a 14% audience score, right? And IMDB, it is a 4.4 out of 10, which is, I mean, I've seen a lot worse ratings. That's actually surprisingly high for this, to be honest. So Scott Weinberg from the horror show.tv says director, you said, is it Carr? Kari, I guess. Kare. K-A-A-R-E. I don't know. I think it was either Carr or Kare. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, him, Andrews, I feel bad not having looked it up, um, who directed the ABCs of Death. Cuts back and forth between the Patient Zero plot and the Virus Island material in slick and well-paced fashion. Again, nothing here is unique or revolutionary material, but just when plot A starts to sag a little, we switch over to the backstory nastiness in plot B, and things get legitimately interesting once Cabin Fever 3 hits its third act. Oh, I wouldn't say legitimately interesting. Yeah. <laughs> Neither would I say anything in this was slick and well-paced. Right, yeah. Pacing was definitely a problem. Yeah, the beginning lasted for like four hours. Like, <laughs> And they definitely do what he says where the A plot will sag and then they'll jump back right. to B, But you should be jumping before it starts right. to sag. We shouldn't start to feel the sag. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Brian Orndorff from Blu-ray.com says, once again, Uh, Once the gore zone arrives, Patient Zero proves to be a passable distraction. (laughs) That's as good as we get, folks. Passable Passable distraction. (laughs) With the highlight, um, a fight between two of the infected with their clawing and punching, stripping the skin off each other. The picture is also sharply shot, finding cinematographer Norm Lee exploring the use of lens flares... Wow. They, very J.J. Abrams they of them. very much went to the J.J. Abrams school of lens flare. 
claustrophobic colors and shadow play to keep the effort cinematic while the screenplay leans toward basic cable. So that was about as good as we could find. I mean, I feel that's better than I would expect a review to be, honestly. There were were very few people willing to go on record and say that this was a good movie. (laughs) Um, So let's go to the worst things that we could find. And there were plenty. Uh, I just picked out a couple of my favorites. Uh, Scott Foundass from Variety says, Until well past the hour mark, Patient Zero seems like two separate, equally uninspired riffs on Roth's overhyped original, as if the filmmakers had started down one path, run aground, and started over again, and haphazardly stitched together the results. That is exactly what we said. That is, yeah. Okay, Scott found us. We should work for Variety. (laughs) Or get you to come on the show with us, because we apparently think alike. (laughs) Yes. And also, uh, Chris Kilmeck from The Dissolve says that Patient Zero takes a long time getting there and goes on for a long time afterwards. Andrew's attempt isn't scary enough for homage or funny enough for satire. They muster just enough baseline journeyman competence to be boring. (laughs) That was pretty rough. (laughs) That was pretty rough. All right. So that's it for best and worst. That's it for best and worst. Now it's time for my favorite, Sadie's Rabbit Hole. I need to get like, I want some. I need to get some music behind that. I want to get some like tambourines or something to, just or like a bell. Yeah, just to be like, <laughs> like a triangle at the end. Yes, I love that idea. Okay, so I will say I did not find a ton of trivia about this particular movie. Apparently, people are not speaking much about it unless they're saying how bad it is. But one thing I know is that it was originally supposed to be immediately followed by Cabin Fever 4. In fact, they were supposed to happen, be filming simultaneously. And so maybe this adds into some of their... their Back and forth. Back and forth, yeah. Maybe they decided to take some of the Cabin Fever 4 plot and mix it into this one because Cabin Fever 4 was going to be set on a cruise ship. So the bachelor party could have something. Well, and I feel that had the cruise ship one come out, it would have been a very relevant one, much more relevant, I should say, to watch that because we've seen we've seen cruise ships and how they they can be just like factories for these viruses to grow in and play a playground. Was Sean Astin supposed to be in the fourth one, too? Like a cruise ship picks him up in the ocean and rescues him or something? Oh, I don't know. It didn't say that, but... That's how I would have done it. That would make sense. So maybe <laughs> they wouldn't, because that makes too much sense. Um, the um, They ended up re like canceling the Cabin Fever 4, and instead, that's when they decided to do the remake of the original, which right. Eli Roth came back in the picture for helping... I mean, he was producer, but like came back as executive producer or something like that for the fourth one. Okay. The rest of my trivia is about the actors, (laughs) because, again, there wasn't much on the movie. So we're going to find out some interesting info about some of these actors. Sean Astin. Don't know if you've heard of him. Um, (laughs) Mildly. He was in this kind of popular movie, like a trilogy, uh, The Lord of the Rings, as um, Samwise, my personal favorite character, BT Dubs. Um, And, you know, a couple other well-known loved movies like. Rudy, The Goonies, and Fifty First Dates. So, Fifty First Dates. <laughs> that made your top four. It was a joke, but also I kind of really like that movie. Okay, so 
In case you didn't know a little history about him, his mother is Patty Duke. Yes, I did know that. Okay, well, don't say that after all of these. At least pretend some of them are new information for you. You know that I know everything. I got really excited when I found out that he considers De- Desi Arnaz Jr. to be like a father. Like, he calls him dad along with three other guys. But it's because he grew up thinking that Desi Arnaz Jr. was his biological father. He was adopted when he was young by John Aston, who played Gomez Adams in the 60s TV show. Did not know that. Right? Um, so John Aston, he calls him dad. Then he grew up calling Desi Arnaz Jr. dad, I guess, um, because he believed he was his biological father, which if you don't know who Desi Arnaz Jr. is, I need to introduce you to a little something called the I Love Lucy show. Um, Desi Arnaz was married to um, uh, Lucille Ball and they had a baby. It was actually one of the first uh, like pregnancies actually shown on television when she was pregnant with Desi Arnaz Jr. Anyway, that's their son, Desi Arnaz Jr. In 1990, he took a blood test. And so the other guy he calls dad is the guy who turned out to be his actual biological father, whose name I didn't write down. So basically every older man in this kid's life, he's like, dad? <laughs> I know, it's kind of sad. Um, oh, well, and one guy was his, his stepfather. He refers to his father He also father played too. Josh Brolin's brother, so he calls James Brolin dad. <laughs> Calls Barbara Streisand his mom. He's got some dad abandonment issues, <laughs> so he's just spreading the love. Okay, so Ryan Donahue, I'm guessing is how you say his name. Um, it's not Donahue? No, it's W-H-O at the end of his name. Donahue. Like who? It's D-O- D-O-N-O-W-H-O, Donahue. I love it. Right? So he played Dobbs, the only kind of likable the stoner, the stoner kid, kid yeah. right who was kind of likable he played or plays i don't know if there's still a band in a band called pagoda with michael pitt oh okay yeah i thought that was interesting he also is supposedly famous on the streets and in the subways of manhattan as a bucket drum player called focus that okay. is what he's known as is focus Yes, and a famous quote from him I found was from... Are you trying to tell me that he didn't make enough money off of this blockbuster hit to retire for life? <laughs> well, I don't know when he had this name Focus, but yes, it he seems bucket drums he has actually been struggling with money for a while because he was on the OC for a little bit and has a quote about how he was in like one of the most popular... He was currently on one of the most popular TV shows on TV, The OC, but didn't have any money because I guess he didn't make enough from it. And he just, and so I don't know when he decided to go on to be the bucket drum player, but he's apparently pretty well-known one. I need you to nail down your timeline a little harder so I know. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry, it didn't give me dates. Okay, and very interesting, Lydia Hurst, who is, she was the supermodel slash actress um blonde lady who they tried to make you know like they threw on glasses but was wearing stilettos in the the lab that was really driving me crazy she is the granddaughter of patty hurst it's her daughter daughter she is the daughter <laughs> we should oh yeah that makes more sense though because patty hurst well that was the 70s yeah yeah so she's the daughter you're right. The trivia line said something about the grand, whoever her grandfather is. That William Randolph Hearst is like right. a great grandfather or something, something like, like that. that. But yes, she is the daughter of 
the one and only Patty Hearst, who if you do not know who she is, her case is quite infamous and is where we get the the notion from like Stockholm syndrome, or at least made Stockholm syndrome famous oh, yeah, and well known. That people had heard of um, that kidnapped because she was kidnapped by the Symbionese like, Liberation Army. Yeah, and, and they, they were, were robbing rob banks, and, and she went started joining them. And that was the thing is that she was like, "This is what I had to do to survive." And some people thought, "No, you were working with them," and others were like. No, she's a victim here. And so that's when scientists came in and they're like, well, there's this thing called Stockholm Syndrome and explained it to everybody. <laughs> so did they do it in a sing-songy voice? They did. That's exactly, I have seen the court records and that's exactly how they did it. And they're like, there's this thing called well, Stockholm well, Syndrome. It's how all scientists talk. Come on. You know this. <laughs> anyway, that's my rabbit hole for today. All right. I love it. So... now that we have rabbit holed uh it's time for us to give this thing a rating yeah as you may or may not know every week we give our movies a rating on a scale of one to five things it's not always five stars or anything like that we change it based on the movie this week we'll be rating it on a scale of one to five what do you have any ideas one to five decomposing Mm. bodies yeah I was going to say stretchy skins, but stretchy I have skins. stretchy skin and I don't want to be included in that. <laughs> All right. So we'll steer clear of that for personal reasons. All right. One to five decomposing people alive. I don't I don't remember what I said because they're not corpses. I was going to say corpses, but, but they're, they're not. Alive. They're alive as they're decomposing. Yeah, I would say decomposing people. Okay. Virus victims. Yeah, I would say decomposing people. Then say it. (laughs) I did say it! (laughs) All right, so what do you have for a rating? So I actually put this at 4.5. Okay. Because I felt that if they had worked just a little harder, it could have been so bad it's good. Right. Because they had a couple moments that were so bad They were almost good, or at least so bad in a way that it was like, it will stick in my memory, Right, those scenes and those moments, which is part of what makes a really good, bad movie. So yeah, I wrote 4.5, almost so bad, it's good. Right. Um, I have some similar reasons. I gave it a 3.5, and yeah, for, for kind of similar reasons, and mostly, you know, it's not terrible i guess it, it, it definitely wasn't great it didn't confuse me like a, some of the movies we've watched where i just could not follow what was yeah. going on i had a good idea of what was happening most of the time right. i just didn't care <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's what keeps it from getting any better to me right yeah um okay do we have alternate titles to give to sure mine was um, cabin fever please be the last one <laughs> <laughs> I like that. <laughs> yeah. Even though knowing full well before I, like I watched that. it that it was not the last one and that they <laughs> kept going after this, but I sure wish it was. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they went going just to remake the first one, but that was still going. So, yeah. I say Cabin Fever, we've got Sean Astin. Because <laughs> that's their only selling point. Yeah. Let's be honest. <laughs> Samwise Revenge. <laughs> Revenge of Samwise. (laughs) Rudy strikes back. Oh, not Rudy. (laughs) Rudy could never have done this. 
Okay. So that is it for this week on So Horrified with Cabin Fever, Patient Zero. If you haven't watched it, watch it. Even if you don't, share this with your friends and comment and and uh, enjoy it. I hope you, you enjoyed it. it. You're all stuck indoors anyway, dealing with viruses. Why right. not watch Why not something watch about some... a much worse virus? Right. Feel a little better about your current situation. I mean, to be honest, it did have that fa- effect, especially because we are social distancing, which they were not doing. <laughs> no, they were all up on each other. They were other. not working on they containment were very as well. as close as you could get to a person, some would argue. Right. Um, next week, we are sticking with the deadly virus theme, just because it does seem that everyone is going towards those these days. We're going, um, we're heading back to Netflix with Day of the Dead Bloodline. Bloodline. (laughs) Like so many D-rated horror movies, there is a sequel with the colon bloodline. Yeah. There's a yeah. lot of those. I feel like there's an Underworld one, and there was a couple others that we saw. I think there was through. a Dawn of the Dead one. There yeah. were a few that have the Tremors. name Bloodline. Tremors had a Bloodline <laughs> Yeah, they were Right. But, but to reiterate, we are doing Day of the Dead. Day bloodline. of the Dead Bloodline. Not any of those other ones that are probably also awful. We are doing Day of the Dead Bloodline. All right, and let's listen to a little clip. What the hell? Are you all crazy? Why didn't you kill him? Wait. He's alive. I need him for my research. Looks like a rotter to me. Yes. But we all know that rotters always bite. He had the chance to bite me before and he didn't. Prove it. Zoe, you don't have to do that. See? It means his brain is still working. He got the bite, but something in his body stopped him from turning. He could be the breakthrough we need in beating the rotavirus. virus. All right, so there you have it. Day of the Dead bloodline. Yes, don't forget to um, check us out on social media, Twitter, Reddit, um, Facebook page. Share, listen, share, follow us on all of the above, including your favorite podcast channels. Yeah. Or, you know podcast listening tool we're trying to quit our jobs people help us out (laughs) obviously obviously or at least just get people to listen to the same bad movies (laughs) like listen to us talk about bad movies so yeah hit us up on all of those leave comments ratings whatever just listen and share please people we're out here we want to hear from you we do we're so lonely (laughs) have a good week See you next time.